Welcome to the Soul Path Sessions podcast with Deborah Mainz Pearson and Brenda Littleton. Brenda is an educator and counselor rooted in Jungian and eco psychology. She helps her clients understand the importance of the mind, body, spirit, and earth relationship for healing. Deborah is a licensed psychotherapist and has been trained in traditional and sacred psychology, exploring from the ground up what makes our human experience meaningful, wholesome, and enlightening. Deborah and Brenda invite you to accompany them on a soul path journey as they explore the possibilities of living a more soulful life as therapists, seekers, and lovers of fate. Welcome to Soul Path Sessions. I'm Deborah Mites Pearson, and I'm here with Brenda Littleton today, and we're going to talk about repair and return. This is a topic that Brenda brought to my attention in a most interesting way, and I want her to give her room today to really expand what she means. And what was interesting to me, Brenda, about this topic was the heat you brought to it. Because the heat? You brought some heat. We were out hiking in the Indian Canyons, no, at Taquitz, sorry, Taquitz Falls a few weeks ago. And and uh, this mild-mannered reporter called Brenda <laughs> says, you know, I just hate the word healing. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. I've never heard anyone with that put those two things. Like, I really despise this word healing. And it got me curious because I knew that you'd really peeled something apart. And I'm just really curious what your distinction is and why this got your ire and and what you really want to focus on for yourself and maybe for our listeners. Thank you. Well, it's not so much that I have a problem with the process of healing or people healing as it is, um, you know, a long time ago, about 20 years, I started to work with trauma and what can I do as a practitioner to help people through their pain. And the idea of wound, uh, of trauma, of healing was not part of the vernacular, mm-hmm. the, 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 the collective consciousness. Not, not many people were talking about my wound, my childhood wound. It was, the whole idea was not, um, topical and it wasn't comfortable. But now everywhere I turn, every, every podcast I listen to or magazine article or even there was an article in the AAA magazine is about spots to go to heal. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it just becomes the sense of a mashup, you know, the idea mm-hmm. of everyone's, Oh, how are you healing today? You know, what are you doing for your healing path? And Feels trendy, trendy. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Without a lot of sustenance, it, it becomes more of a, a topic mm-hmm. as opposed to a practice. And so I was um, involved in a group um, with Sophie Strand, who is just an amazing young woman uh, who is bringing to the forefront um, animistic properties and, and philosophies that non-human entities, non-human life uh, is, is part of our biome and that we are all interrelated. And, and while these concepts are, are part of our mainstream, she's doing a very specific job in allowing this conversation, um, to be named in different ways and in mm-hmm. ways that are topical. And I applaud her for that. And, uh, the idea that I, that one of the takeaway ideas that I left from the, the program, um, was dealing with uh, we were looking at mycelium and the interconnectedness of mycelium and and how 
all, you know, the, under the ground, there's this frequency, this network of communication that, that moves and surfaces and that how we as humans are also all part of our above ground interconnected communication. Mm-hmm. And I woke up with the notion of, I downloaded this idea instead of saying myself mm-hmm. as is spelt by S-E-L-F, mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. that um, on a molecular level, uh, we are, you know, we are healing ourselves, we are repairing ourselves, we are moving forward with unconsciously of ourselves, dividing and, and re, you know, redoing our, like we have new hair, we have new eyes, we have, you know, new skin, we're mm-hmm. constantly repairing and regenerating oh there's your there's your turnaround yeah so Uh the sense of regeneration Mm -hmm. and without being conscious of it now we can make it you know we can make it conscious Mm -hmm. but i was working with the notion of instead of myself s-e-l-f that Mm -hmm. we function and just give some space to the idea of myself c-e-l-f love it and what do cells do? Yeah. They repair. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. regenerate. And when I brought it to uh, my clients, the idea of if I gave you a year off of healing, of working your practice of healing, and I'm going to ask you to be conscious of repairing, mm-hmm. maybe repairing a sense of emotional uh habits or or compensations. Mm -hmm. If I was to ask you to repair your relationship with your daughter or your repair the the monkey chatter in your brain about self-negative talk, if I was to ask you to be more cellular Mm -hmm. and be aware of how your body is supporting and is a container for these emotional, psychological, and spiritual work, Mm -hmm. and that we align ourselves more with the cellular function Mm -hmm. and communicate with ourselves this way, how would that feel? Mm -hmm. Everyone said that they had a sense of burden released, Yeah, that the practice of healing also came with the sense of um, judgment that they they didn't do something right, or that they stayed away from their diet, or they didn't do their their meditation, or their yoga, or their exercise, mm-hmm. and that it was um, kind of a double edged sword mm-hmm. that they were um, one step forward, two steps back type of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And with the notion of repair, as opposed to the whole premise of I'm working my practice to heal, um, it was lighter, more doable, um, smaller chunks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could track their progress, that any activity that they participated in to assist in their body repairing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, gave them great spirit. They felt in compliance with themselves, mm-hmm. and there was a, a larger sense of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So while the notion of – so there's twofold. One mm-hmm. is I, I get kind of irritated by just having something very sacred um, becoming a trend, I hear you. Yeah, I I didn't get that you, throughout the whole word, it was just the way it was being modified. It wasn't integral enough. It didn't include all the moving parts. It was hyper fixated and focused and maybe even doing people harm. Yeah. Yeah. Like if everybody says, I have a wound of trauma and I have to avoid 
and I'm limiting. You know, this is, I see that as a very negative trend and I've watched it in my own practice where people will say, so-and-so is narcissistic. That's also trending. Everybody's narcissistic. That's a word. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, um, but to a certain extent we all are. And my wound, my woundology, my study of my wound is leading me into deep, dark depths of depression and despair and all the D words. And so as a trauma specialist, I find that I join you in that because when I was trained in EMDR, for instance, Mm -hmm. eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, they talk a lot about resources. Mm -hmm. You can't do trauma work. You can't do the bilateral stimulation of a person's eyes or their their body in order to help them process through, like let's say, rape or the you know the murder or some horrible thing, mm-hmm. um, without help, helping them access their strengths. Yeah. So you always begin with what do you already know? What already helps you? Can you visualize it? Like the 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 work that. Like you were talking about the cell, like we're, we're, we're not even like it's pre-conscious. I'm talking to you right now. I'm digesting my food. My blood yeah. is circulating. Lymphatic cells are eating up stuff that I don't want in my blood. So I'm, I'm a semi-permeable self. C-E-L-F. C-E-L-F. Yeah. And in the same way, mentally, yeah. when I'm having thoughts, if I'm in a trauma block, uh, one of my one of my uh, awarenesses is when someone's in a trauma lock, we get them to move their eyes around, brain mm-hmm. spotting, getting mm-hmm. them to move their eyes to a place where they're not locked. And they can access their breath. Mm. They can access what heals them. The idea that we cannot access what's he- that it's not inside, which is something you brought up last semester in our Soul Path sessions, that within us mm-hmm. is a universe of knowledge. And if we as healers don't, Access, we say, I hold this magic ticket to you and it'll cost you all this money. And then when I tell you you're well, you can go, that's sick. Yeah. My job as a healer is to access your inner resources, the things you know, and bring, yeah. make them conscious to you so that when we do the memory work or the retrieval, you can rest there. Yeah. Rest and repair. Rest and repair and return. Um, oh, beautiful. I love that. I, I yes. did a session with Mac Lakata who is a wonderful depth psychologist, psychotherapist. And um, he has a program in um, just holding space for us to, to acknowledge this place of frozen entities. Like when we, we have all of these, um, these forgotten parts of ourselves and this mm-hmm. implicit memory and, and they're being very, and I call them being very polite. They're waiting mm-hmm. off in the corner pocket, mm-hmm. waiting for that opportunity to, mm-hmm. to reemerge. And, and yet they're always on the quest to return home. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the work that Lakata is providing is a sense of um, disengaging with the act of moving forward and, and being in that well of where we can be comfortable, we, we become comfortable mm-hmm. with all of those parts that are not repaired, that all of those parts that we would um, traditionally want to heal. But the idea is that we 
we're not we're not judging them that we accept them as they are and that we create a sense of safety and that the first step of of working toward homeostasis is safety mm-hmm. and so for me the idea and, and this obviously speaks to my own inner work yeah. instead of healing i want to repair mm-hmm. um, i'm also in this place in my life where i'm repairing everything whether it's my car my house my body <laughs> you know my teeth you know, my hair, all of it mm-hmm. um and and working with the cells and so that in that place of, as you're saying, understanding what a person's resources are, if we actually give notice to all of the magic and the sacredness that's going on in our bodies Mm -hmm. every single breath, It's yeah. amazing. I mean, I did a yoga practice with a lady, my, my practitioner. She's moved from Joshua Tree down to Mexico, and even on Zoom, it was it was palatable. That if in exhaling, going all the way down to being depleted, completely empty, and then staying there even a moment further, and being at peace with that. And then inhaling and starting from the sense of, wow, that's a beautiful place to be. It's so simple. It's very simple. And if we can start there, the sense of emptiness, Mm -hmm. the sense of complete exhalation, Mm -hmm. detoxing it out. So our cells are, I call it the low, low tide. Mm -hmm. You know, it's being extracted. Mm -hmm. And then we bring it up and we build. So if we are starting from the most smallest, perceptible, natural, automatic. Free. Yeah, free. <laughs> and, and counting those senses of, I am repairing. Mm-hmm. And um, accentuate that and amplify it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big proponent of amplification. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky to study with um, James Hillman, uh, for three years, mm-hmm. where one of his opening lines of his very first lectures at Pacifica was, we've had psychotherapy for a, over a hundred years and we're still fucked up. <laughs> Same know? patient too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of repair there. <laughs> well, it's true. You know, I'm old enough in my practice to see that every generation that comes through is beginning mm-hmm. with where they are. And I've had to realize, you know, there's stages of evolution as well, as well as trends Mm -hmm. when a person comes in. Mm. I'm not quite as caustic as James Hillman. I I really see psyche therapy as being wonderful because it's a big category. I mean, many of my clients, their lives are better and I'm enriched for knowing them and they've gone on to do wonderful things. I think where it's become, where therapy has taken a turn and I'm very grateful to see that it's become more somatic. It's become more inclusive embodied. Yes. And the studies that were done on the Buddhist monks, the, the, um, the brain studies where they showed that what you're talking about, a meditation, um, a Robert, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Ullman, uh, uh, Johnson. No, no, no. Um, what's her name? Um, Uma Thurman, Robert Thurman's studies. Took me a while. I had to go back through the actress click, to find click, it. Click, Thurman, click, yeah, Robert click. Thurman. The smiles came yeah, up. Robert, Thur- Robert Thurman um, basically put electroencephalographs on on monks who were meditating, and he found that the the left parietal region of the brain was mm-hmm. much more lit up. He found that their oxygen levels were much better, and they 
reported piece. So what they, what's happened is that's gotten tied into the work of John Kabat-Zinn and, and um, um, Joan Borisinko and others who practice mm-hmm. a more expanded view of healing. Um, and we now know in our field, in psyche therapy, which means soul, our very first episode, that we must include in the conversation what truly heals. And what Robert Thurman's studies showed is if you meditate or you breathe and you do mindful practices, you're going to have a calmer system. Your body knows how to self-regulate, just like Mr. Rogers taught. You, self-regulation through kindness to oneself. Yeah. Porges talks about that in the polyvagal. Yes, yeah. polyvagal, so many conversations. And I, I used to teach, um, you know, when I would have my polyvagal serum, you know, uh, symposiums and 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 the idea of mindfulness and breathing. And again, though, it's the molecular level. It's mm-hmm. the cell. Mm-hmm. And so I want to amplify from the smallest, smallest, smallest part of our function of life mm-hmm. and amplify it up. And um, so I'm walking around um, when I'm choosing food. It's like, okay, I'm going to repair um, my inflammation. Yes, because I have a lot of inflammation due to injuries. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it portions it out for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm able to say, okay, in this little part of my life, I'm going to do this little packet. Mm-hmm. And and then I, I, I go into my yoga practice mm-hmm. or my meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, um, and then my physical and then my intellect and my creative and then my spiritual. And You're tapping and, into your, to your inner intelligence. And that's yeah. something I think that we want to psyche wants to reconnect to this the human life we're living. I love this because you were my inspiration when we were out walking after our beautiful day in the Takwitz Falls area. I got very ill. And you were talking about inflammation, which was perfect divine timing. Uh, We went and had some food, and then I went home, and I just puffed up, and I felt horrible, not because of Brenda, but because (laughs) it was January, and my body had too much surplus. I was in a canyon with a lot of pollen and things that I wasn't particularly used to. And I just finished the Christmas holiday where there'd been a lot of, you know, eat, drink, and be merry with my family. And I heard you saying, I'm dealing with inflammation. So this is the other piece, folks. Um, Healing is at hand, meaning if you wonder like, well, gee, how do I learn how to deescalate my body from inflammation? Well, that for me, was a learning path I got on in my 20s, 30s, 40s, because I was very sick. So I learned to steam vegetables, Mm -hmm. to make a pot of steamed vegetables, to eat less. I read and studied extensively self-healing, self-care. Nowadays, I think it's much more easy because you just go on a YouTube video. You got to be a little careful. But read a few books on cleansing and healing. And you're, what Brenda's saying is you're tapping into your body's innate ability to heal, to thrive, to calm. It's not something we as therapists give you. We help point you towards yourself. And I ask my C-E-L-F. clients. C-E-L. Yes, C-E-L-F. <laughs> I ask them, like, so what's your plan for repair and yes. return for this week? Yeah. And that's their homework. It's not like, I have this huge wound and I can't heal. It's it's like, I hear that. Let's just not make it so big you could never do anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Except but, uh, have acid reflux. Yeah. 
and, and and antidepressants or whatever. Let's deal with the cause, right? And I, you know, in hindsight, when I when I first did my internship at domestic violence, um, a, a whole interesting world um, of a lot of behavioral, a lot of CBT, and um, it was just well, let's talk about how you can take three steps of change in your day-to-day life. Because mm-hmm. the whole overall atmosphere, the whole landscape was so debilitating, mm-hmm. was so multi-generational mm-hmm. that it, it felt futile mm-hmm. for the for the client. Yes. And so just giving a sense of do this mm-hmm. and then do this. Yeah. And now plant a do garden. This. Plant a garden even. You know, just I mean, I look at I've worked with people who've come out of war torn areas. Um, Bosnia was one of my early experiences of people who were refugees. I worked with some Ukrainian people. And what I noticed, like Clarissa Pinkola Estes talks about a lot in uh, in her work, uh, uh, The The Faithful Gardener. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite books because she talks about her uncle yeah. who comes over from Hungary, Hungarian, or I think it was Hungary. And, and and they were like, this was a really bad time, folks. This was like death camps and horrible stuff. Um, in the early 50s, people, her mm-hmm. uncle came over and everything was taken. The land, people were killed in front of them. I've worked with people who've gone through these things. And they always start with getting their hands in the soil. Mm-hmm. They start start with the stories. They weep into the earth. They don't have small problems. They have problems that are so large. That they can't change it That themselves. they must put their hands yeah, in the so earth yeah. and they must begin again. I've worked with Holocaust survivors. Yeah. That's how old I am. People who have stamps on their arms. And they don't come in with small issues. They, in fact, they, they instruct me. Yeah. Because it's it's not to minimize the things that my clients bring in. It's to to talk about resilience and the ability of the body, mind, spirit to heal. Tell the story in the context of we will survive and we will thrive. And when you thrive and survive through your pain and you're not afraid to hold it and you're aware that you're set up to heal, you will naturally share that elixir with others. And that's where the joy is. Mm -hmm. The key idea is that May becoming aware of your own ability, yeah, and to know that it's going on, whether you're conscious of it or not. Yeah, I like that, yeah. and that you can participate along this vein. You can add, you can jump, you know, you can assist by being aware of just how your body is working for you, and then if you own that, if you know that. My body, while I may have severe inflammation, mm-hmm. I'm still reproducing my cells. I still have skin covering. I'm, you know, my heart is still working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might drink some parsley juice, and, and my my cells yeah. will go yum yum yum, 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 yum. That's so healing and alkaline. And that, you know, I, the idea of going in. I am always talking about embodiment and and the animistic part of life. That Can you define animistic? Well, everything has a uh, soul. That there's a spirit in, there's a frequency. Everything has a frequency. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we have the periodic table, so mm-hmm. that we understand the chemicals. Fascinating. And that um, it used to be more of a more of a, a spiritual practice, that mm-hmm. in eliminating it through the, the advent of various 
religions and having religions become expansionary and uh, manifest destiny. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the the old ways were um, folded in or Mm -hmm. went underground into mycelium. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. why I love mycelium, because it holds all of our secrets. And mycelium, brief definition. Uh, The interconnectedness of the life force under the soil. The fungus? It's fungi, um, and the fruit of the fungi would be mushrooms. Uh You you can pick mushrooms, Mm -hmm. but you're not killing the mycelium. It's still underground. So it's like an internal underground network of life that's... A neural network. That's sending nutrient information and healing use that word healing underneath the repairing and, if you, and restoring under the ground if you look at it and you take a, a micro fo- uh, photo of it it looks like our neural pathways of our body fascinating fascinating i mean it's it's very it's almost identical we are a tree and the mother tree i mean <laughs> yeah. suzanne samard's work the professor out of ubc university of british columbia in forestry talks has identified how the single mother tree actually uh assigns um and um assembles resources and sends it out into different parts of the forest mm-hmm. and so um it's it's all vital and as mm-hmm. are we so that's my um, I'm I'm exploring it. I'm I'm looking at the idea of recovery and repair. Um as Mark as Matt Lakeda had mentioned, you know, the first step toward any healing is a sense of safety. I find that people that the people I work with, whether they're it's coaching or, or counseling, um, once they achieve a place of safety that they self-design, that they live it, they they know it, mm-hmm. whether in their body um, some people only have their body. Some 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 people in safety, it, it doesn't exist out in the world. Mm-hmm. But when they have that sense of awareness of safety, mm-hmm. um, it is the first step and of of healing. Mm-hmm. And to me, if we portion it out, just like to having ingredients in a soup, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're working toward the ultimate affect of healing. But uh, just chunking it out, like multiple personas and the Mm. idea of how are you going to repair and return this week? I love that. I love that so much. And it makes so much sense, body, mind, spirit, shadow, that our work is to find that base. It's the base, right? It's the first need of a baby to feel secure, securely attached. Mm. Um, I find that for me, when I don't feel secure, I go out in nature and I sit in a quiet place, even if I have to drive. If I was so anxious I couldn't, I might get a really soft blanket and hum. Mm, you might have um, a little whistle. Yeah, you have that whistle. You, were, you, were, you just create a tone. I learned to do this thing. I think it's called Mankara, where you actually take your fingers and you take the flaps of your ears and you cover the hole in your ears. And then you close your eyes and you go, And in doing that, I create a vibratory space that stops all the noise. And all I can hear is my own humming. It's just such a good one for just restoring me to the now moment. Sounds like a Zen temple inside of me when I'm doing that. Well, there's a sense of frequency that I, in the chanting, that allows me to vibrate out. And I connect in ways that are much more satisfying Mm -hmm. and much more joyful Mm -hmm. than if I just keep it inside and I have Mm -hmm. my own space. You know, I like being connected Mm -hmm. to outside. And Mm -hmm. so for me, chanting outside, um, my little whistle, um, 
life wave, I think it's called. Um, you know, the frequency that you've just said, mm-hmm. you know, where you're, you're activating, because mm-hmm. that's a cellular, molecular, and it's mm-hmm. going to affect the biochemistry. I mean, part of my postdoc work was working in biochemistry and, mm-hmm. and what how how what activities such as what you referred to earlier doing the mind mapping with mm-hmm. the meditation mm-hmm. and, and knowing that it dumps oxytocin within mm-hmm. a very short time like eight minutes yeah i'm know. already feeling the effect of just doing mankara this yeah. i feel very relaxed i just gave myself a little holiday yeah <laughs> i like that holiday. yeah <laughs> it feels good it didn't cost anything yeah that's a fun tool to have so i i think this uh, as we Look at the idea of repair as we're revisiting it. It's like you're re- you're pairing something, mm-hmm. I mean, with something else. And so you're pairing consciousness of my skin cells, my blood cells, uh, the things that Deepak Chopra talked about way back in the 90s, Magical mm-hmm. Mind, Magical Body. It's on YouTube. He talked about be aware of the miracle of every cell of your body is right now healing you, replicating Take, taking away toxins, you are creating, or biology of belief, Bruce Lipton, yeah. what you're doing right now is called epigenetics. You, the things that you choose, are, it's not your just genetic code. You're actively acting with the present, current, now moment to bring about healing if you wish. To me, it's the, the first beginning of embodiment. I love it. And the visionary, the vision that I was given was a long hallway dark hallway but at the toward the middle of it this is a jar door and this golden light is emanating mm. calling me beckoning me so i go down this hallway i very not timidly but very cautiously open mm. and there is this giant vibrating sun mm. but i see that it is one cell and then I actually watch it starting to divide. And, mm-hmm. and it's very reminiscent of seeing a cell divide into two. But right mm-hmm. before they break away, the two sides of, of the, like a Venn diagram, the two mm-hmm. circles are together. Mm-hmm. And right at that, that junction, right before they divide, I look down and all the way down, like a, uh, an elevator in both of these circles is, is a circle beyond a circle beyond a circle beyond a circle beyond mm. a circle beyond and it goes all the way and I realize this is these are little tubes of discovery and this is my breath this is my blood this is my history this is my future and and everything mm. is contained and it's all vibrating and so I enter into that and I just feel this warmth and this this pulsation and I realized that this is my life force. Mm-hmm. And from here, I can create, I can digest, I can write, I can paint, I can move in through my day. And, and I stay in that space. And even as I drive on the freeway or if I'm sitting in a conference or if I'm giving a lecture or sitting in sacred space in a client, this new vision of the cellular divide going all the way down this, this, this chamber mm-hmm. um, that connects me to where my, my eyesight in this room all the way back down into past the earth crust into down below beyond the planet mm-hmm. uh it just 
creates for me this place of safety. And so I feel that I'm ready to um, face and hold and work and move forward from this, this, this beautiful place of containment. Beautiful. It sounds like you're really utilizing active imagination as well, which is a yeah. holographic field yeah. that connects you to these very beautiful inner workings of the, not just yourself, CELF, but the universe. Yeah. That's wonderful, Brenda. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing oh, this today. I think pleasure. it's quite deeply nurturing. Thanks for asking. All right. Thanks, Until Deborah. we meet again. Yeah. Bye. Bye. And that concludes this week's episode of the Soul Path Sessions podcast with Deborah Mites Pearson and Brenda Littleton. If you'd like to hear more about living a more soulful life, please subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast app and be sure to check out the show notes and links below. For more information from Deborah, visit soulpathsessions.com. And for Brenda, brendalittleton.com. Thank you for listening, and remember to follow your soul. It knows the way.